0: It's DJ Crystal Clear here, and I'm back at the world famous As It Should Be studios in Crooklyn, New York, with my engineer, Dr. Paul Bertolino. Not doctoring
1: very well today.
0: <laughs> not doctoring very well today. Well, it's because technology is a pain in the ass. Yeah. And, um, you know, through no fault of your own, and that's fine. So, you may have noticed that uh, I've not been on schedule with this podcast. And it's because a couple of weeks ago I had to have an emergency surgery I had a gallbladder A gallstone attack And had to have my gallbladder removed So I was in the hospital for two weeks And it's still pretty much a wild ride But uh, I'm alive Which matters a lot And as soon as I get home I'm going to write my will Because I've been thinking about a lot of crazy things But that's not important Now let's get to Original versus cover So I've done a little more homework than I've done in the past at least one episode Where I'm back to my original format with, you know, dates and a little more fun facts and stuff like that And the first song that I'm going to talk about today is The Tide Is High Now I'm sure everybody has heard that cover by Blondie from 1980 It was a big hit for them all over the radio Paul, did you like it or did you hate it?
1: Uh, I think I mostly didn't like it, but then I kind of started liking it. it I was a, I was a Rapture guy myself, and call me, and call I mean, me as far again. as far as that particular
0: year of Blondie's is Blondie, concerned. Yeah. Uh, well, the original was done by the Paragons in 1966, and I knew that this was a cover. I remember my cousin Jean telling me. But uh, I just the paragons just flew out of my brain. Anyhow, the original version is a prime example of rock steady music, which is a style of Jamaican music that's a successor to ska and the precursor to reggae, if that makes any sense. Um, it was the dominant style in Jamaica for a couple of years. It's soulful, jazzy, RB ish, all at the same time. It's not your standard, like, slow chick. Mm, chick, mm, chicka of Jamaican music And it's not do 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 Of ska It kind of, it falls right in the middle So uh, this song I mean, you you know You know what you've heard it the, At least the Blondie version uh, But this original version features a violin Which makes it a smidge more melancholy And it's a very spare uh, arrangement You know, there's guitar, there's drum And this violin is kind of Whoever's playing it sort of sounds like they're drunk, but it it fits. Um, it's a little uptempoish ish at the same time while being melancholy. It's a pretty good song to bop around to. Uh, the story is it's about a man telling his girl that he doesn't want to give up on their relationship even though she's kind of a whore, <laughs> if that makes any sense. Uh, the Blondie cover, same rhythm, basically same arrangement, but it's not as sparse. There's no violin, and the genders have been changed because a woman is singing it. And um, Debbie Harry sounds pretty sultry here. And to me, they all feel a little bit stoned when they were in the studio, if that makes any sense. You know what I mean? She just sounds like, Mm -hmm. "Ooh." ooh, she sounds very, like they're on a boat, and she's trying to hold on. And like right. woozy it's, it's, it's a queasy song It's a little bit Thank of queasy Thank you, yeah. queasy. Sorry everybody I'm going to apologize up front right now Because I still have a lot of brain fog issues From the deep anesthesia that I had during surgery mm. And things that I should remember are not coming to me And I hope to be back to normal uh, Maybe by my birthday uh, Yeah So who wins this? Uh, I have to give it to the Paragons Because the original version really takes me to another place in time. Whereas the Blondie version seems a little bit phony, kind of. And before anybody comes for me, I love Blondie. But this cover is not that great, so just calm the fuck down. Get it on now, Paragon. Get it on, Paragon. So you can take listen to them both right now, a little back-to-back. But I suggest that you listen to all of each song. The whole entire thing. Because you're going to... You'll really understand what I'm saying here. So check it out. I high,
2: but I'm I'm going to be one. I'm not the kind of man who gives up just. I uh-huh.
0: my second song is called just my imagination parentheses running away with me. Uh, the original was done by the temptations in 1971 and you know, this song, you love this song. And if you don't, you should, uh, it was a rock solid hit by the temps, a very fitting way for Eddie Kendricks and Paul Williams to make their exits. Uh, at that time, Paul's health was really bad and Eddie split for a solo career that basically, kind of went nowhere like he had one hit one disco hit boogie down baby right
1: yeah no he was an arrogant prick who thought he didn't need the
0: band and he fucking did yeah, yeah he, he was did. great in the band lame outside of lame it. lame outside of it yeah boogie down yeah uh it was not it was a disco song but it stunk anyhow this song is about a dude who daydreams and fantasizes about a woman he's in love with Getting married, having kids, living a fab life in a house in the country, praying that nobody steals her away or he will surely die. Some very melancholy stuff. Uh, but the way that it's done is astoundingly beautiful because the arrangement is super lush, full orchestra, French horns, strings, harps, even. There's got at least one harp in this thing. But no ukulele? No ukulele, no yeah. kitchen sink. It, this is... It is super dreamy. It, oh, it's just its so great. Um, it's the dreamiest R&B song ever recorded, I think. And it's also a really great song to make out to with somebody who you're into. You gotta trust me on that. The cover was done by the Rolling Stones in 1978 from the album Some Girls, which I really love that album. And this... Once again, it's happened a couple of times before, and it'll keep happening in this podcast, where a bunch of white dudes will cover a song by a bunch of black people. And to me, it feels as though it was a song that they did in rehearsal, and then they decided to put it on a record, right? This has happened a couple of times already. And the recording sessions for this, it was in between, what, black and blue and... What was the one after it? Black and Blue is the one that's before this. Before it. And then this. And then it was what came after. I don't remember. Oh, oh, oh. After Some Girls was Emotional Rescue. Emotional Rescue. That's it. So it is... uh, They did a decent job with it, but it's a little sloppy. It's bluesy, obviously, because it's the Rolling Stones. Um, It's a rock and roll workout of the original. The arrangement is basically the same, but with guitars. And, um... Oh, yeah, this is also Ronnie Woods' debut as a full-fledged member after Black and Blue. Um, It's a good fit with the disco, punk, and country songs on this album. And you should know what I'm talking about. And by that, I mean Miss You is the disco song. Um, Shattered is the punk rock song. And Far Away Eyes is the country song. Uh, I I like this, but it just doesn't... I don't know. It's not enough oomph. It's just kind of like middling. It's the B side. Sounds like them in rehearsal, and uh, yeah. yeah, it would have made a great B side. Yeah, I, I, like they just didn't put enough effort into it or something. I don't know. I saw them perform it once live, and you know because it, it was the time period and they're at their the peak of their powers for them then, and they slammed it. I mean, it was great, but on this record, it's not so good. So. Who wins this go-round? It's The Temptations, hands down, the end. You will agree with me when you listen to them both, so you, you can check them out now and you'll understand what I'm talking about.
2: say to myself, you're such a lucky guy. To have a girl like her is truly
0: Is song number three and it is called never can say goodbye done by the jackson five in 1971 uh, and the cover was done by gloria Gaynor in 1974 first i'll start with a fun fact you probably know this paul that this song was written by clifton davis you knew that right mm-hmm. uh i didn't know that because i don't
1: even know who clifton davis is, is Cl- he, uh... clifton
0: davis from that's my mama Oh, and I did not. And Amen, in the 80s. Uh, he, yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, he originally wrote it for the Supremes, but Barry Gordy Jr. gave it to the J5 instead. And I think it would have been interesting to hear the Supremes do that song. Well, this is a little bit of an aside, but there's,
1: there's the Supremes bring up somebody else having written, somebody else from TV movies, TV and movies kind of person. Tommy Chong wrote a song that's on their 1968 Love Child album.
0: What? Yeah, Tommy Chong.
1: Yep. Which? Yeah, he was in a band, and uh, he was he was in like a, a I guess probably an R and B band or whatever in the mid late 60s, and uh, there's a song on the Love Child album called "Does Your Mother Know About Me" or something like that.
0: Oh yeah, that sounds
1: familiar. Tommy Chong is is the co writer of that song. That's and I, I read that in, in Cheech Marin's book, and just yesterday, I ran across a copy of Love Child and went, okay, and I pulled it out, and I looked at the
0: credits, such and such, and T. Chong. Holy crap, is it a good song? I don't know the song. Oh. Hmm. That's interesting. Wow, that is a good fact. That's a fun fact. Well, Michael was 12 when he sang this song, which, as was the case for most of the things, that any ballad stuff that he did... Uh, these songs are pretty grown up for a little kid to sing, but he had the emotional chops to pull it off. There are lots of harmonious background vocals by his brothers. It's a pretty groovy mid-tempo groove that is still great for dancing and getting close with someone. It's you know slow grindish kind of thing. You've heard it a million times and you still love it. I don't care what you say. Now, the cover by Gloria Gaynor. It was a top ten hit. It came in at number nine on the pop singles chart. And it was produced by, <laughs> and I'm not making this up, the Disco Corporation of America. <laughs> now, I wonder, are there, is that any relation to the corporation? No, not at all. But the Disco Corporation of America consisted of Tommy Bon Jovi, the builder of the power plant and cousin to John Bonjovi, right. <laughs> and Miko Monardo, who was the guy responsible for torturing us with the space disco version of the Star Wars theme in 1977. (laughs) Well, the best thing
1: any of those dudes were involved in was indeed that Gloria Gaynor track.
0: Yeah, uh, because I was thinking about your last podcast about the songs you hated from the 70s. And I'll say again, people, if you're not listening to Paul's podcast, you need to. It's called As It Should Be. And this last one that he did... uh, well, you'll, there'll be another one by the time you hear this But so The Songs You Hated through In the 70s, it was a really good one And then once I read this I was like, damn, how come that wasn't on it? Is it on your, like, master list? Uh, which one? The Miko Star Wars? Yeah Oh, yeah, no, I just, it it didn't
1: just you slipped even make through the it. Cracks. There's just too many songs to, for me to, you know to catch, was, them all. <laughs> to
0: catch them all I mean, I, mean, I
1: miss Run, Joey, Run, so there you go
0: Yes, and what was the other song I was thinking of? That fucking popcorn song Oh, God, yeah <laughs> <laughs> Pop, hot butter popcorn by hot butter hot or butter. hot butter by popcorn, popcorn or whatever it yeah. is. And do, do, hocus, pocus do, 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 do. hocus pocus by focus. <laughs> hocus pocus by focus. Right, I forgot about that, too. Uh,
1: don't choke us uh, with hocus pocus. Focus by, focus by
0: focus, please. Yeah. As we all know, Paul is... All about the 70s, but there's still shit that was bad about it, and he was man enough to make a list and bitch about
1: it. <laughs> yes, and I hate the 80s, as as, as is known by many people, yes. so therefore, I'm going to step up to the plate and do best of the 80s sometime soon.
0: Shocking. I can't wait for that. Yeah. That's going to be good. That's going to keep everybody guessing. That's going to be good. Wow. Well, uh, the cover is, of course... In, about this song completely different than the original because it's a disco song obviously it's not going to be the same and here is where I'm going to split some hairs about Criteria so this is not like a lot of other really great covers where there is great thought and time that go into it this is just like let's take the song and slap a f- You know, 4-4 beat on it So people can dance around at Studio 54 Now, I'm not taking anything away from Gloria Gaynor She's an amazing singer But, you know This was just like A cookie cutter Sort of cover It wasn't really You know, it was like they were jamming it In to fit the time period Like A lot of other disco songs that should not have been disco songs, but it was, you gotta have a disco song, you know, Kiss made a disco song, and everybody made a disco song, so it just, I don't know. Yeah, Yeah, no, I I agree, and I know what you're saying, Um,
1: but, and it may be just due to uh, just the song being overplayed, but I'll, I kind of, I'll take this over, uh, I Will Survive. Mm-hmm. I will survive is technically, I can understand why that's actually better, but I would rather hear Never Can say goodbye. And I do honestly think it's really just a matter of fact of it having not been as overexposed.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So that's probably all it is. So theref- therefore, really making my, my con- comment sort of invalid because it isn't really based on.
0: Because, <laughs> yeah, because the other one's better. Yeah. Your point, Jesse Jackson would say, your point is moot. Yes. Um, So uh, the other thing about this is the disco version, you're not really listening to the lyrics. You're just focusing on the chorus because that's what. Ah, never can say goodbye. That's all everybody sings because it's a disco song. Whereas the original, you know, it's some heartbreaking shit that this kid is singing about. So who wins this for me? This may seem kind of crazy, but to me, it's a tie. Oh, that is crazy. It is crazy. I thought you were going to choose J5, which would not be crazy. Right. Well, the reason why it's a tie for me is because I'm old enough to remember when they were both on the charts, and they're both great in their own right. Like, younger kid, J5, and then older teenager, disco song. So, I like them both. Yeah. I like them both,
1: and I remember both of them from their time as well, but I would... I would hand that trophy to the J Five without even thinking about it.
0: If I had, if I was forced to listen to them, to one, or, to either one of them, I would pick J Five. If there was a gun to my head, I would pick J Five. I would not want to hear the Cisco. Because
1: the version. thing is, is that the Jackson Five version uh, actually conveys the lyric and the, the, you know, yeah. I mean, the the everything about it is is on point. The the delivery of the of the vocal cool. and it's just yeah, the lyric is perfectly. To use the same word again Conveyed I don't think the, the lyric Is conveyed at all In the glory game version. No, no it's not least.
0: Which plays into We're gonna make it A disco song Because we need Another disco Yeah it song. doesn't really Matter
1: what it's about Who just cares have to have... She could be
0: Yeah she could be Singing about a dog shitting But hey If it gets uh, As okay, sat- long as your ass, is moving. The your ass is moving And the satins are flying On the You know Studio 54 It doesn't matter So um, yeah Check these both out And then somebody Get back to me And tell me what you think Listen to them now Never care yes you can or yes we can or yes you can can there are several different ways that you can say this song but the original version was recorded by Lee Dorsey in 1970 and then it was called yes we can it was written by Alan Toussaint and it starts off as a little bit of a sloppy mess from the first note I think it's like is it a piano that comes in and somebody sounds drunk but you know they were in New Orleans so what are you going to do um but it pulls itself together and quickly turns into a New Orleans-style second-line march. Very traditional. You know, the drum, core drums, and the horns, and the this and the that. It, it hits on all cylinders. Uh, the backing band, fun fact, were the meters. Mm-hmm. Which also, again, makes perfect sense, because the syncopation is crazy. Uh, you know, so you know that this is funky. It's funky, capital F U N K Y. So you can't help but swing your hips when you hear this. Like you can't, you can't stand still. You just can't. Something is tapping. Something is moving. But you gotta move. Um, Lee's vocal is fabulous. The background vocals are stellar, which I think are like him and the band. I guess the meter shouting out every all the time. And the swing is hot. You're stomping. You're sweating and grooving. It's really, really good. I don't remember hearing this on the radio that often in 1970, like between 70 and 75. um, Every once in a while, and it was usually only on an FM station. I'd never heard it on an AM station. Now, the cover by the Pointer Sisters was done in 1973. And if you really listen to the lyrics of this song, it is of the time because it's about black folks. Uh, black folks getting together, we have to, you know, civil rights and marching and, you know, that kind of vibe. So Lee Dorsey's version is much more, um, I don't want to say militant, but I guess it just falls in line with that. Uh, the Pointer sisters do a really great job with this and they also focus on the politicizing of it. um, You know, yes, we can stick together and make this land a better land. Um, Which would have been great if it worked out, but here we are in 2019 and it really didn't work that well. (laughs) Um, Anita sings the lead, backing vocals with her sisters, and she's in on them too. It's the same arrangement as the original, but with a mighty, mighty trio of Dexter C. Plates, Willie Fulton on guitar... Gaylord Birch on drums and Dexter on the bass. Legends playing a very legendary groove. And the extended version of this song, which makes a lot of people hate this cover, is that it's six minutes and two seconds long, whereas the seven-inch single is only 354. But the seven-inch version, you know, they're jamming through the bridge and it kicks ass. So I don't mind it that much. But the repetitiveness sort of gets on some people's nerves. Um, who wins? Once again, I have to say it's a tie. Because I really like both versions, mm-hmm. and they're practically the same, except one is a dude and the other one is a lot of chicks. A whole lot <laughs> of chicks. A whole lot of chicks. And it's sa- the you know the, with the Pointer Sisters singing, it's more sassy and that kind of thing. Um, it's not a sh- serious, quote-unquote, but I really do like both of them. And, uh, yeah, that's what I have to say about it. What about you, Paul? Do you like one better than the other? You know what? I only know the Pointer Sisters version.
1: Oh, really? You never heard the version? I may have heard the other version, but it doesn't really stick with me. If I have, I, I only vaguely was aware that there was an earlier version, but I, the Pointer Sisters version, the radio edit, is really all I know. I've never heard the extended one either.
0: Oh. Well it's just it's those three dudes like bump da 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 I mean just you know, they're just playing and the girls are ramping and You know, it's right. It's
1: like a fucking Prince 12-inch. It's like okay, there's about eight minutes
0: too much stuff filler. Yeah, (laughs) Um, but it's good. It's good. So, well, you're gonna learn something when you put these songs back to back. So, I think you'll like the original version. And for those of you who have never heard the original version, I think you're gonna dig it too. And I think you'll agree with me that it's a tie because they're both really great. So, there you go. Check it out.
2: Now is the time for all good men To get together with one another Honor their problems and honor their quarrels And try to live as brothers And try to find peace within Without stepping on the one another And do respect other women of the world Just remember we all had mothers Make this land a better land And a world in which we live And help each man a better man with the kindness that to give i know we can make it i know done well we can work it out yes.
0: Now, song number five. Now I'm on a Lee Dorsey jag because of doing uh, because of doing that previous song there. Yes, you can, can, can. Yes, you can, can. Why can't you if you want to? Yes, you can, can. See, it's good. You can't stop singing it. Uh, this song is called "Working in a Coal Mine." The original was done by Lee Dorsey in 1966, and the cover was done by Devo in 1981. And As has happened previously with other songs and will always happen, I had to tell my New Wave friends that this was a cover song because they thought that Devo wrote it. And I was like, no, it's not. It's a cover song. I couldn't remember Lee Dorsey's name back then, but, you know, my parents had the record or whatever. Uh, So, again, it's the combination of Lee Dorsey singing written by Alan Toussaint, It's two minutes and 42 seconds of a funky little syncopated song about a dude who slaves in a coal mine all damn day, who has to get up at five in the morning. He's tired. He hates it. He's dirty. It's annoying. It's the worst job ever. Um, But it's a cute little ditty, which is almost a novelty song. Almost, but not quite. There is... The sound of a pickaxe was supposed to be a pickaxe, like cling, you know, like banging on the coal in the mine throughout it, which helps the syncopation. And I think I read that um, it was either Toussaint or somebody or Dorsey's brother or cousin or something like banging a pipe on a mic stand to get that sound, which I thought was kind of funny.
2: Mm.
0: <clears throat> you know, technology in 1966, what are you going to do? And Devo's New Wave version was a nice surprise the first time I heard it. Because I was like, what? And of course, it's all synth and, you know, they pick up the tempo a little bit. And, you know, Mother's Burrow, and it's Devo, you know, it's new wave. It's about five minutes longer than the original. It sticks with the original arrangement, but with more blips and bleeps and blorps and beep beeps and bop bops because it's Devo. And uh, their style works for it. I think it sounds pretty cool. Do you remember this? I remember both. And, uh, <laughs> I,
1: I, I, it's
0: two snaps down for me. I don't like either of those. Really? You don't like either one? I don't like the song. Mm. Yeah, it's not the greatest song. I'll agree with you there. Um, well, for me, the winner is Devo. Probably because... I love New Wave. So sue me, people. I mean, the original, it's okay, but it's not that great. But I think Devo, you know, they jazz it up. They spice it up. They New Wave it up. And uh, I like it. The video was kind of cool. My mom and I love this song. We'd sing it in the car. So, yeah, it's Devo who wins. So there's old school black folks banging pipes on a mic stand. And then there's these New Wave dudes from... Akron, Ohio, with flower pots on their heads singing it. So now I want you to check it out.
2: Working in a coal mine, going down, down, down. Working in a coal mine, about to slip down. Working in a coal mine, going down, down, down. Working in a coal mine, about to slip down. Five o'clock in the morning, I'm already up and gone. Lord, I'm so tired. How long can this go on? Got yeah, that working in a coal mine, going down, down, down Working in a coal mine, whoops, about to slip down Working in a coal mine, goin' down, down, down Working in a coal mine, whoops, about to slip down Cause I make a little money, and cold by the tongue But when Saturday rolls around I'm too tired for having fun Too tired for having, I'm just working in a coal mine Going down, down, down Working in a coal mine, Whoop. About to slip down Working in a coal mine Going down, down, down Working in a coal mine, Whoop. About to slip down Lord, I'm so tired How
0: talked about this before uh I think we did talk about it but didn't listen to the music. Uh the song is called Proud Mary. And the original was done by Creedence Clearwater Revival <laughs> in 1969. Paul's giving me a look because we did talk about this before. <laughs> there was a, there was a there was a little technical mistake in our previous yes. uh, reading of this before yes. uh this is a redo This is a redo, yeah So, um, and it's funny because, yeah, I messed up So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the original was 69 And then the cover was done by Ike and Tina Turner in 1971 Now, you have heard this song 89 zillion times The original With the swampy, slow, harmonious arrangement And John Fogarty's vocal Um, I know you can hear it in your head right now with just me mentioning it, and I really don't need to say anything else about it. At least I hope I don't it's, have to. It's Creedence Clearwater Revival Proud Mary, period. That's there you it, go. That's your fool. That's it. That's it. <laughs> and I will say again, I've said it before, I'll say it again and I'll keep on saying it, I can't stand John Fogarty's voice. I really do not like it. Ah! It's just, I don't know what it is. it is. I mean, it's southern and it's kind of nasally and I don't know it just really rubs me the wrong way I don't and it doesn't matter what he could sing any like the ABCs and I don't care it just sounds bad to me he's like the early version of Brian Johnson
2: (sighs) (laughs) okay
0: yes thank you that's that's exactly it but even his solo stuff like centerfield even though his voice kind of mm, mellowed with age it was still, you know, I can be a center field. I just, ugh, I just yeah. don't like it. Now, the cover by Ike and Tina Turner. They like the way Aretha Franklin stole a song from uh, Otis Redding, yes, yeah, sorry, brain fog. Um, Ike and Tina Turner stole this song from Creedence Without, I mean, it's just. It's crazy. They changed it enough that lots of people thought that they did the original, like me. <laughs> and if I had half a penny for how many times I've heard this version of the song, I would be a millionaire. It became their signature song for a very long time. It still is. And it's primarily because it starts off slow. You just hear the guitar and bass uh, getting the rhythm happening, and Tina introducing the song. Warning the audience that she and the band were going to start it off nice and easy uh, As they never do anything nice and easy And said that they would finish it nice and rough So, in short order, it ramps up into this wild and crazy frenzy Rock and roll and super funky and all at once Tina and the I-Kets, they took it to church uh, You've seen the videos where they are mini skirts and crop tops And straight long wigs and twirling and stomping And it's just... Like a whirling dervish tornado of amazement. And it's just fucking fantastic. So that's who wins for me. Um, that motherfucking asshole Ike Turner and the amazing Tina. No if ends or buts. The end. They win. It's great.
1: I like both. You like actually, both? Actually, I'm not really heavily into Credence, but I like Credence. And I don't mind... Fogerty's voice. I mean, I can understand why you wouldn't like them or why you wouldn't like his voice, but but I like them fine. The only problem with their version of *Proud Mary* is that it's even—it's probably even more overplayed than the fucking Gloria Gaynor song that I mentioned earlier. <laughs> right. Um,
0: right. Yeah, <laughs>
1: I will survive. Yeah, I will survive. <laughs> you know, it's up there with like *Free Bird*. You know. Right. With so- of songs that you just don't need to hear again at all for the rest of your life. But yes. if I step outside of that. Yeah, I like it. they're just so radically different and yeah. s- and that that it's just they own they're like yeah, they're almost like two different songs.
0: Yes, completely. And th- again, it's a prime example of a cover because I Tina Turner just completely flipped it and turned it into this thing which is astounding, you know. And it's just yeah, I really I love it much better than the original. And um I think that a lot of people are going to agree with me. Maybe they'll hate me for not liking Fogarty, but I don't care. I just don't like it. it doesn't matter what he sings. It's not good. Uh, Sal Zantz won't mind that you don't like Fogarty. Fogarty. Who won't?
1: Sal So Oh, good. Hey, He'll have no problem with your hatred of Fogarty. Fogarty
0: <laughs> That's good to know I got somebody in my corner. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> now you can check them both out.
2: job in the city
0: Six songs for this episode Number four Yes, episode number four uh, I hoped you learned something With some interesting facts And figures And that you enjoy The, uh, the competitions um, I want to thank My engineer extraordinaire Dr. Paul Bernalino for chiming in with me People seem to dig it The feedback I'm getting People like you being here talking
1: mm. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, it's it, it usually does better with people talking back and forth. Yeah, it's good. Just general podcasts, you know, rather than just one person. Like, like mine. Mine's just one person, you know. <laughs> but my old one, I used to do one with my friend Gordy, and those those went really well because we were right. bouncing off each other.
0: But yours is good by yourself because, as I say all the time, you you're chock-a-block with facts and figures. You are into what you're doing. It's super funny. And I always learn a lot And I'm always taking notes And you know I have to listen to it Like at least two times in a row Because I'm laughing And missing stuff And uh, again people Listen to the songs That he hated From the 70s Because it's You're like Shot out of a can And it's, it's really <laughs> And because you'll hate Those songs too Because you'll hate them too Yeah A lot of songs You forgot about probably So I'm going to end this right now And then record Episode number five So Thank you to everybody Who has been listening And messaging me and giving me nice ratings and uh all that stuff i've got listeners in japan um you remember my um uh, my friend evan my ex-boyfriend evan
1: i do in fact he he just made a, he just gave me a long ass comment to my last episode that i haven't responded to yet like
0: oh he did oh, oh awesome. yeah
1: like yeah it was yeah. really long
0: oh but you know what just happened to him his he had to get his t- appendix taken out
1: Oh sh- Oh, so he's been lying, lying about listening to podcasts.
0: Yeah, like literally last week, he sent me a message and he's like, "Well, it looks like, you know, you contaminated me from the from afar. I had to get my appendix taken out." Oh shit! Like, Holy okay. shit! Yeah. So, um, yeah, he was he was really liking the back and forth, and uh, he. He was, as he was listening to your podcast, he's like, oh my God, Paul's so funny. He's so great. So, yes, listen to Paul's podcast as it should be. Uh, but for now, this is the end of episode number four. So, happy motoring, everybody. Bye.